Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. If there's one thing that I think we can all agree on, it's that this year has been tough. Globally, nationally, and even for many of us personally. And a question that I've been thinking about and noodling on and writing a lot is, how do you keep dreaming? How do you keep pursuing your dream? How do you not fall off the rocket ship that was supposed to be your life when that rocket ship just seems to keep crashing, when things seem to go wrong, when you face setback after setback? Like, How do you still give yourself permission to dream when those dreams feel so far away or feel completely destroyed or feel out of reach or even silly in comparison to maybe what you've just gone through or what you're experiencing or the season you're walking through? And so I've been writing a lot about this. I've been thinking a lot about it. And I actually got to have a really refreshing conversation with Bob Goff. Um, And he recently came out with a book called Dream Big, and he really tackles this and discusses this and gives us some frameworks and some some ways to be thinking about this and steps we can take and also shares so many great stories that just will leave you laughing. And if you're in a hard season and need to laugh, I think it will bless you in more ways than one. So today I'm talking with Bob Goff, the one and only. He's great. His message is so timely, especially in our culture right now, where so many of us feel like our dreams have just been ripped away or we've been thrown off course. And so if you feel like that at all, if you're trying to figure out how to keep on going, how to keep dreaming, if you're trying to figure out how to even find your dream or your new dream when life has changed drastically, this is an episode that's going to bless your life. I won't make you wait any longer. Here's my conversation with Bob Goff. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Bob Goff, welcome to the She Podcast. I'm so thrilled to get to talk to you today. Hey, thanks a million. Appreciate being on with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am so thrilled to talk to you because I think we find ourselves, we were just talking about this a little bit off air, but we find ourselves in a very unique time in human history, in culture, in society. And there's just a lot of, I think, confusion. I think there's a lot of grief and a lot of uncertainty that we're all we've all just had to navigate over the last several months and I've gotten a lot of questions from my community about well, what does this mean for my dreams or my calling or the things that I know I'm supposed to do or I'm really wanting to do I'm feeling so stuck and so I, we're going to dig into that a lot today you have a incredible message around this uh, in your new book that's now come out called dream big but I think maybe the best place to start would be for those who are maybe unfamiliar with you could you just share a little bit about 
your your story and how you got started and how you got to where you are today and what you really care about now. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just so glad to be uh, connecting with people and uh, everybody has their own uh, path towards getting towards a sense of purpose. And mine started out with uh, the, a career in law. I was a trial lawyer for a really long time. And then uh, I started going overseas. We had little kids and we were seeing these kids that were in really desperate uh, places and circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so I started spending more and more time overseas and we started building schools in these countries that Mm -hmm. have uh, wars that are ongoing. And, and so little by little, I worked myself out of a job Mm -hmm. (laughs) because (laughs) I was like, I started spending more time overseas with these kids and I was spending uh, doing my day job, I actually walked in. I had a, a law firm on a couple floors of a high rise in Seattle. Hmm. And uh, and I walked in, got off the elevator, turned to the right, and the receptionist said, um, hi, who are you here to see? <laughs> <laughs> I said, actually, that's my name on the wall right behind you. But <laughs> I realized I'd spent all my time away. And I think that's what happens with our passions, hmm. that you – whether you call it a calling or just a deep desire, there's something that starts stealing your your heart away Mm -hmm. from the things. I remember in law school, I was a super busy guy until I met sweet Maria. (laughs) Then I had all the time in the world to get within 10 feet of her. And so Mm -hmm. I think similarly, we start getting within 10 feet of this idea that's big and beautiful and ambitious. And then you just start re-engineering your life, mm. uh, as I did, uh, to be within 10 feet of Maria. Mm. Uh, wherever she was, I tried to figure out some excuse to be there. <laughs> and so yeah. we actually, she ended up, there's an outfit called Young Life, and they had a camp called Oak Bridge. And uh, she was going to take a group of uh, kids up to be work crew volunteers mm-hmm. uh, for some camp. So I immediately got 10 guys. <laughs> so I'm going to be on work crew too. That's awesome. So just so I could get within 10 feet. And on the first day at this camp, there's this woman with a pacemaker, like keeled over. She like it stopped. <gasps> and I don't know how to do many things, but I knew how to do CPR mm-hmm. and I got her going again. And one of the things that I think happened is that sweet Maria thought, you know, this guy, he's not much to look at, but in a pinch, he could actually be helpful. And so <laughs> the utility. That, yes. So one of the things that I think will happen is that you find something worth getting within 10 feet of hmm. consistently, and then you revamp everything. And that's the beautiful and painful part of this last several months for everyone mm-hmm. that we've had that like earth stopped spinning and mm-hmm. like the sock drawer got thrown on the floor mm-hmm. and we get mm-hmm. to decide what matches. Mm-hmm. We're just picking up socks and we're saying, I know who I used to be. That's the left sock. I know who I want to be. That's the right sock. And can we get these guys together? Can mm-hmm. we, can we uh, not be at war with who we used to be mm-hmm. and actually start dreaming again? So, what I did is I started spending less and less time uh, at in my day job, but then I had to build these schools and I actually wasn't a good enough lawyer to make enough money to support all these schools I wanted to build. So somebody <laughs> said, will you write a book? I'm like, I don't know. I told this publisher, if you'll build a school, I'll write you a book. <laughs> so we did. And it was called Love Does. Hmm. And we just gave all the money away from this book and we sold millions of these things. Hmm. 
And so we, you find a way to get 10 feet uh, within diameter of your ambition. Hmm. You do whatever it takes. And if it means I can barely spell the word cat, um, <laughs> but I just decided I'm going to write this book because I knew what I wanted, hmm. why I wanted it, and what I was going to do about it. Hmm. And that, I think, is the underlying premise to Dream Big, the book. It's hmm. know what you want, why you want it, what are you going to do? So I knew what I wanted. I wanted to help kids out. Hmm. Uh, just like I knew I wanted to be within 10 feet of Sweet Maria. Hmm. Now, we ended up getting married, Sweet Maria and I, and had a couple kids of our own. Uh, and then we decided, well, like, who do I want to be? Now mm. I evidently write books. <laughs> who knew? <laughs> uh, but it was really that this thing uh, dwarfed what I had done before. So I walked in, got everybody in the office together, and I told them I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I took my key off the key ring. I gave it to a guy that had been working for me for a decade and a half. I said, it's all yours. You don't owe me anything. Hmm. He's like, are you kidding me? Hmm. Now, this is a stupid financial move, but it's an awesome new creation move. Hmm. And people that are ready to pursue their dreams will do some things that look nutty on the outside. Yeah. But it's actually this beautiful expression. I had wanted out of college to uh, actually go out on a date because that hadn't happened through high school <laughs> and college. <laughs> so, and then I uh, also uh, wanted to go on staff with Young Life. I thought those guys were great. Mm. And so I raised all my support and said, so can I go on staff? And they said, no. What? <laughs> I'm like, but it won't cost you anything. They're like, I know. Like, no, people aren't your thing. And so I went to law school. I would argue with that one. <laughs> yes. So I went to law school and uh, and graduated. I had a bunch of smart guys working for me. So we, uh, we just uh, did our thing. And I started mm. buying all this acreage up in Canada around a Young Life camp mm. uh, called Malibu. And it's at the end of this inlet. And every time something happy happened at work, I bought another 100 acres. And I did this for 22 years. Wow. The thing about your dreams, some of them like happen in an instant yeah. and others will take decades. Hmm. Um, we started building a place up there where we could bring good guys, bad guys and undecided. So hmm. we built this beautiful lodge up there we signed 32 peace agreements up there wow. we'll bring the foreign minister in from the duma in moscow and the guy he's rolling tanks against and don't let the un have all the fun just find <laughs> this a dream and ambition and go after it and you don't need to go across an ocean just go across the street yeah that's where the beautiful stuff happens yeah. that's where some of our best dreams are birthed because if it isn't going to work with your neighbor ain't gonna work across an mm, ocean. That's so true. So, so the thing about dreams, though, is that we think of the dreams as happening when we're asleep, mm. but I think our best dreaming happens when we're awake. Yeah, that we're just actually have fully awakened to who we are, mm. the gifts God's given us, the opportunities that we have, and to say, how am I gonna lean into it? While Young Life wouldn't have me on staff, they weren't interested at all. Now I owned all the property around their camp. <laughs> And it was like, <laughs> I could turn off their water. I'm like, I got your no right here. So, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> fast forward to last year, Young Life puts up that camp where I had angled to get Sweet Marie to like me, where the lady had keeled over. Yeah. They put up this camp, they put it for sale. And like, wow. you can't sell a camp. Like, this mm -hmm. is like holy ground. So do you know what I did? I traded them the forest that I bought in Canada 
for the camp that's right here where I met Sweet Maria. Wow. Isn't that awesome? That is so, awesome. We are a full circle. Here's the point. Mm. Sometimes you're what look like a bunch of inexplicable no's. Yes. Had I gone on staff with Young Life, it wouldn't have happened that I went to law school. Mm. Had I gone on set, had I gotten a date in high school, I wanted so bad and mm. college. I wouldn't have met Sweet Maria. Wouldn't have ended up knowing there's a place called Oak Ridge. Um, had all these things happened that I wanted to happen so badly, the things that actually were more purposeful in my life wouldn't have happened. And so I think I used to be thinking that God said yes, no, or maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like yes, no, maybe, or just wait. Yeah, it's just going to yeah. take a little while, mm-hmm. and it's really hard. I don't know about you, but it's super hard for me to be patient. Oh, yes. how about you? <laughs> I'm you the same. Way. I'm a I'm a quick start is what I. If you've ever heard of the Colby assessment, it's like a test that tests how you work. And I had to do it for a project that I worked on years ago. And the only thing I remember about the entire test was that I was a quick start. There was like four other measurements that I don't remember, but that one really resonated with me because I get an idea. I don't know if you're like this, but I get an idea and I want to do it like tomorrow. And in many ways that's been good because it's allowed me to just take action on the things that have been put on my heart. Right. But that's also come with challenges in that sometimes I want to move so quickly that I don't really think through anything. (laughs) And so I've had to learn like, okay, I have to have some patience sometimes. Sometimes an idea or a dream will come up and we, I have to kind of evaluate the season I'm in or the the practicality. I don't know if you've ever heard how a lot of speakers and whatnot will, will encourage us to take massive action, which sometimes is absolutely what we need to do. But I also think that there are times where we have to learn to take incremental imperfect action, like incremental implementable imperfect action where we take small steps, like kind of what you were doing for over the course of decades, right? Building up this this property, this land, um, and doing that in small increments at a time is sometimes the better way to do it. But as a person, I am so much more inclined to just move so quickly and I get frustrated if I don't see the result that I was hoping to see right away, or if I don't get the the outcome that I thought I wanted or the thing that I thought I was supposed to be doing. And sometimes it's only five years down the road or a year down the road or however long down the road that I'm able to look back and see, oh, that's why that didn't happen that way because I needed to experience this, this, and this. And now there's this full circle moment happening. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to Grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. 
One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today here and it's hard to have the presence of mind if you're listening and you have a wide spot in the road you can pull over to to write down all the times that you have seen uh god show up if faith is a big deal for you and if it's not to say the things that have happened in my life one thing leading to another and in real time, like right now, mm. what's happening sometimes is difficult for me to figure out. In fact, most times. Mm. But I've seen this track record. It's in, There's a book in the Old Testament called Deuteronomy. And it talks about when you wake up in the morning, talk about the times you've seen God show up. And when you're walking on the way, when you lie down at night, think about the things. I don't think they stacked rocks at in the Old Testament because they ran out of paper, hmm. they wanted to remember this is a time God showed up. Hmm. And I want to just stack some rocks, get a pile of rocks by your front door all the times that something felt like a disappointment, but it was really kind of this weight that it's just going to take hmm. a little bit longer. We spent 20 years building a lodge out of first growth cedars. It was just immense and mm. beautiful. And you could put a hundred people at a time in this thing. Mm. And uh, we had somebody uh, put some stain on that lodge. Mm. They put some oily rag rags together and it spontaneously combusted, burned to the ground. Oh and so I had a decision to make, which is, are, am I going to rebuild the lodge or not? And mm. I just decided I was going to rebuild it. And it took four and a half years to rebuild. But when you think about it, what is it 
that you would want that would be so laden with purpose that you would spend a quarter of a century building hmm. and then rebuilding. And that's the kind of thing it would be. It's a relationship. It's a person. It's a passion. It's something. Those are the kinds of things I want to have us spend a little bit of time on. And you got to be patient. And there's going to be a couple setbacks. I don't think God burned down the lodge because he was mad at me. Mm -hmm. I think a a couple painters made a mistake Mm -hmm. and they burn it down. I think that's the only transaction that happened. And now we need to decide with all the water on our side of the tub, what are you going to do next? And, and so it causes us, whether it's a, a, you know, a world health emergency, if it's something else, to reevaluate and to say, why am I doing what I'm doing? And that is such a worthwhile question to ask because there's all the things that you're doing, the, the, your responsibilities and relationships and families and kids and careers and all that. But to have a moment of pause and to say, why am I doing what I'm yeah. doing? And and to reflect on that and then to make some small and then medium and then large, if necessary, changes. I think half the people when all these events unfolded in the last uh, couple months, uh, they, you know, half the people were afraid they were going to lose their job and the other half were afraid they were going to keep it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's true. Like, oh, no, what if I keep my job? Yeah. So I broke the news to everybody who works for me. I'm like, I'm not just having you keep your job. I'm giving you raises. Mm. Not because things are going great, because they aren't. Mm. They go, they're actually suck pretty hard right yeah. now. But what I'm going to do is we don't need to uh, play by the same rules everybody else is. Mm. We're going to actually move in another direction. Uh, and it's being a, the right kind of contrarian to say there is so much hope around the corner. I want to make 2020 memorable for a different reason than uh, this virus mm. that's going around. And so when people think about 2020, I want this to be that was the time I put a flag in the sand and I I moved on from uh, a relationship that was, you know, somebody I was dating. I just said, like, you know, this is one that isn't going to go the distance. I, I, I leaned into a relationship, a commitment that I'd made in a marriage to, to re-up and to just say, I'm leaning into this thing. I decided to quit a career or start a career or write mm. the book or send the letter or um, a, a say you're sorry or you know, whatever it is, but to make some moves because mm. that's a movement. It's just a bunch of people making moves, yeah. not just agreeing, because movements aren't just people agreeing on something, it's people making moves. Mm. And I just want to ask for, you know, myself, you, the people listening, what's your next move? Mm. And I just want to make a courageous one. Oh, did you see that movie, We Bought a Zoo, when it came out years ago? I saw a part of it. I don't think I watched the entire thing, Oh, though. you have got to get that okay. movie. Get okay. it on Netflix tonight. <laughs> um but we, it's a story about a dad. He lost the wife, and he's trying to raise his kids mm. alone, and they bought a zoo. Like, kind of naively, yeah. they bought this. Well, when I bought this stupid camp, <laughs> at a time <laughs> where nobody could come to a stupid camp, it's been a, a disaster. But but I, I got the movie, We Bought a Zoo, and there's a scene in the movie where the guy's trying to explain life to his son. Mm. And he says, all it takes is 10 seconds of insane courage. Oh, yeah. I mean, just mm-hmm. 10 seconds of unbelievable bravery, mm-hmm. and it'll change everything in your life. And so the question I keep asking myself, maybe it's worth asking 
together mm. is what would be your insane courage move? What would be something you could do with 10 seconds of just insane courage mm. to initiate the conversation? Uh, a friend, Miles Adcox, at a place called Onsite famously says this thing like, mm -hmm. say the unsaid, yeah. like what hasn't been said uh, that just actually needs to get said. Maybe it's to somebody else. Maybe it's actually getting real with yourself. And these are the, this is the cannon fodder for really beautiful dreams to actually understand why you're doing what you're doing and have 10 seconds of just insane courage. And then to say, I'm going to move forward in a different direction. I'm mm -hmm. actually going to pursue this thing. I'm not going to treat it like brain candy anymore. Just thinking mm -hmm. about wouldn't it be swell too? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think if your ambition is to get a convertible Porsche, like go get two, but, yeah. <laughs> but this thing is going to, they're both going to end up in the shop and it's going to mm -hmm. be really expensive in a couple mm -hmm. of years. Mm -hmm. But what if your ambitions were something that was going to actually outlast you, something mm -hmm. you wanted to be remembered for mm. when we're like actually kind of known for our opinions, yeah. but we're remembered for our love. Yes. And I want to like what it started uh, out as, uh, you know, uh, a, a part of an adventure in going and doing these things cost me my career, mm. but I found my purpose along mm. the way. I go like, actually, I'm the guy that starts schools now. Mm. And every time I want to start a school, I write another book. So <laughs> we're starting a school Great. in the Congo. I'm writing another book. Right. And we're just going to go build that school. You know what I think is so awesome about that? And I think something that can be so easy to miss, what you said is, you know, something that you're doing, writing books. So often, I think it's easy for someone who may be dreaming of writing a book to think, oh, that's so far out of my reach, or um, that's just not something I could do. And what I think is so interesting, or, you know, whatever the lie may be around it, what I think is so interesting is you're viewing writing books, or you're viewing these things that you've been given to do, work that you've been given to do that, you know, creates opportunity, that creates revenue, that allows you to, it's almost like the vehicle rather than the purpose. And I think sometimes we, I wrote this in, in the first book that I wrote, I talked about how so often we wander around asking the question, what is my purpose? As if it's lost. And I think, I don't think our purpose has ever been lost. You know, I think it's something that has been in us since the day we were born. And I think it's something that we discover different components and elements of as we are shaped as people. And our work is, I think we, when we ask, when we ask the question, what is my purpose? We think it means, oh, I write books or, oh, I, you know, X, Y, or Z. But what you just shared was, if you, if you ask the question, what are, if your ambitions were something that were going to outlast you, then your purpose becomes more about legacy than just the occupation. And the occupation is really the thing that funds and fuels and serves the, and really enables the legacy to be built through what you're doing, whether that's through your family, through creating schools, through whatever it is that's going to outlast you. Yeah. What if you have this tradition, there's a guy in Georgia that uh, sends me a pie every month or two he just sends me a pie that's awesome. Isn't that awesome that is he awesome just, i want a pie guy that's great yeah he's good at baking them and if i popped a mine he just pops one in the mail <laughs> and uh i love it i mean i've probably gained 50 pounds in this friendship <laughs> but one of the things that's been beautiful is it's something that he's got a day job he doesn't make pies for a living he just like he just knows how to do that and so this is in his big 
mission in life. He isn't engrandizing. This isn't his purpose. He doesn't have a website. He's got a bag of flour, a bunch of sugar, and some berries. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's using what's available. Yeah. And so as you uh, are listening and you just think, what is this available to me? Yeah. And much more is available uh, to you than sometimes you think. There's a, uh, there's a big field across from uh, where we are. And they used to raised thoroughbred horses there for years and years and uh and it it fell into disrepair uh uh, somebody purchased it they didn't do anything with it for decades and so i thought well like i own the camp here nobody's at the camp uh there's a big barn over there there's a bunch of fields what if i ask the guy if he'll let me use the barn Hmm. and there's 50 horse stalls in the barn and they said yes. Hmm. So here's the deal. I got my first horse yesterday. <laughs> Did you really? Here's the crazy thing. I've never sat on a horse. <laughs> I've never sat on this one. It's just been like somebody gave me to. He's a retired racehorse. No And the kidding. name of the racehorse is Lucky Bright Eyes. Oh, and, wow. Uh, Lucky Bright Eyes. I'd bet on that just because that's yeah. the name. Yeah. But uh, I don't even know what end to put the hay in, but I'm not letting that slow me down. Hmm. I have this idea. So sometimes what will happen is you'll have one dream, one ambition. I had one. I thought it was just a place where I could get within 10 feet of Maria. Hmm. Turns out it was a place that I would end up trading a forest I bought 20 years ago for a camp and then because they said nobody can meet at camps i've got an absolutely empty camp but here's what it's got a water slide hey that's awesome (laughs) i'm taking my horse down that water slide so one of the things that will happen is that when we think about our ambitions some of our dreams some of our desires sometimes you'll find something adjacent to your desire. I found a horse ranch Mm -hmm. that was adjacent to my desire for a camp. Why the camp? That's where I met Maria. What, why, how could that be funded? Mm -hmm. Because I bought a forest a long time ago for really cheap Mm -hmm. because I couldn't afford to buy the camp. And now I've got a real pickle because I got an empty camp. (laughs) (laughs) But you do have a water slide. So all is fine in the world. (laughs) So I I have a bunch of friends that are just tired of, you know, sitting inside. So Mm -hmm. I just let them know, you know, stay far apart from each other, but go use my water slide. And Mm -hmm. it's actually been beautiful. And here's the deal. It's easy for us to look back and say, here's how it all worked out. Mm -hmm. So you hear these stories, how it all worked out. And there's a big bow on the top Mm -hmm. of it that it was like, it was thought it wasn't going to go great, but then it ended up going great. You got the girl, you got the job, you invented medicine, you Mm -hmm. like whatever. But I'm in the middle of one that's actually an economic disaster. <laughs> yep, and, and you're so owning I'm just it. <laughs> delighting in the fact that I, this is one of those stories that isn't working out. Hmm. I have an absolutely empty camp. Hmm. There are 150 empty beds, and one of the things that I'm doing is I'm not going to let these circumstances push me around. I made it 61 years without saying the word virus once. Hmm. So what we call it is glitter. Hmm. We're just talking about don't. Don't get the glitter on you. And (laughs) I think what you can do is start changing up some of the ways that you've been speaking about your big dream or your ambition. Mm. Instead of speaking about what went wrong, and I would agree I'm an optimist, but I'm also uh, realistic enough to know that that isn't going to fuel me 
to think about uh, how I'm a victim because I'm not a victim. Mm. I'm a participant. I'm a participant with an old racehorse uh, named Lucky Bright Eyes <laughs> in an absolutely empty camp. And I think, oh boy, I'm going to learn how to ride this horse at a time that I'm not going to run over people. Mm. Um, yeah. So I just want to encourage people, if you're in the middle of your dream and you feel like there's been some setbacks, mm-hmm. I had a lot, it burned down. I, I Just because it burned down doesn't mean it needs to stay burned down. Mm. Just because your ambition or that relationship or the whatever went a different way, it doesn't need to stay that way. Mm-hmm. I want to say, what's 10 seconds of courage? Tell me. Mm-hmm. It says, go get the go get the barn. Mm-hmm. Let's go fill it with horses. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just see what happens next. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the perspective of almost just not only 10 seconds of insane courage, but I think not feeling like you have to have it all figured out when you take that step of courage, right? Because otherwise we never take the step of courage because we can't have it all figured out. How could you have foreseen what would happen, you know? And I think we can look at our lives and just get so... um stuck in our heads, if you will, when we start thinking about all the possibilities and all the things that could go wrong. I actually was just reading a book um, and it was talking about fear because I think fear really can stop us, especially when we draw on past experiences, right? When we look at a past situation and we see, well, that one didn't work out so well. And I don't really want to have to have a repeat of that, you know? And um, it, it was interesting because the way this book outlined fear, it says fear is false evidence about reality. And I just thought that that was so interesting to kind of turn it into an acronym that way. Because if you really think about it, that is what it is. And if we live our lives in constant fear, and we don't allow the allow ourselves to take that step in those 10 seconds of insane courage that we work up, then we miss out on a lot of the adventure of life too, you know, and so hearing about even just the honesty of, hey, this is something that I went for and now I feel like it's an economic crisis, but finding the good in it, finding how can this be a haven? How can this be a gift? Um, is so difficult, I think, for so many to do. But as you start shifting your perspective to, I'm not a victim, I'm a participant in my life, then it does really shift the way that you view all the things that you've been given to steward, the good things, the hard things, the terrible things, and everything in between. So I'm really thankful that you shared that because I think it is a challenging thing to, it's one thing to hear about. It's another thing to actually implement and practice in our lives. And so your example in that is uh, both honest and encouraging. But I'm curious, you know, I think we're, like we talked about, we're in this season of interestingness and some are in a place where they said this totally didn't work out. And so, you know, I know you're talking a lot about dreams in your next book, and this is kind of our core conversation, but what would you say if you could give maybe three basic steps for a listener to know how to identify and define what their dreams even are? Because this is a conversation I have with my community a lot. A lot of women will reach out and say, I don't even know what my dream is. How do I even figure that out? I have a thousand ideas. I think everything sounds great. Or I can't even think of one thing that I'm good at. How can I possibly define what my dream is and what I'm even supposed to be dreaming about? So if you have any thoughts on that, I'd be curious what you'd say. Yeah, the uh, first thing that comes to mind is that these ambitions, the dreams, the sorting out of, of the socks, the matching up of the pairs that seem to have the same kind of argyle pattern, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it starts with a self-awareness to just know uh, who you are, where you are, and what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, so who you are, not like what your driver's license says or a role that you're playing, you know, wife, mother, mm-hmm. corporate executive, whatever it is. Um, 
but but who you really are at the core. Like I'm actually a really fun guy. Um, but I was uh, in cast in a in a central casting somehow as a lawyer. And I was supposed to be really uptight and and mean and all that. And I thought, but like actually, I'm not. I'm not uptight or mean. And so I decided to just be me. I'd be like a fun guy. And here's the crazy thing: I never lost a case ever. 33 years. And it's not because I'm a smart lawyer. I'm a great picker. Hmm. I only pick cases nobody could lose. Hmm. So one of the things that I would say is cultivate the good picker in you. Hmm. So if you're dating, cultivate your good picker. Yeah. <laughs> Pass over 20 to get the one. Right. Um, one of the things that I want us to do is to pick some dreams, not just the ones that are easily attainable, like the low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. I want you to have the courage to reach a little higher up on the, on, on the tree and to say, what's something that'll actually outlast me? Mm-hmm. So I aimed for things that would work. And the problem with things that would work is that I would aim low because I didn't want to look bad Mm. in front of everybody that knew what I was uh, aiming for. And so I just decided to know like who I was and to say, instead of aiming for things that worked, I'm going to aim for things that last, Mm. things that serve the greater purposes of who God made me to be in this world. And so I think we have four things that come to spring to mind. We all want love purpose, connection, and a couple authentic relationships. Mm -hmm. I would say that is really attainable. If you're listening, I want to write those out. Love, purpose, connection, a couple authentic relationships. And in reverse order, just start with a couple people you could be known by. Mm -hmm. You could be really honest with to say, I'm just feeling terribly lonely. I feel like uh, I have a transactional kind of relationship with somebody that we dream some big dreams. And now it just feels like Who's doing this chore? Who's doing this? Are you doing your role? And it's felt transactional. And I think you get to just say, no, I'm just not going to do that anymore. What we're going to do is we're going to go a little bit deeper and to say, just be intentionally to say, we're going to lose the cell phones. We're going to lose all the distractions in our life. And just say, we're going to cultivate authenticity and intimacy. One of the things that uh, we all want is a sense of connection to one another. Mm -hmm. And so the connections both in your family, in your immediate community, and maybe far away. Mm. And so how could we do that? Have a sense of being loved and giving love away. Mm. So you could go down those four categories, love, purpose, connection, authenticity, find your greater purposes, not by achieving if faith is important to you. Like sometimes it's easy to think that we please God by hustling. And uh, I think it might be entertaining to him (laughs) to watch (laughs) us scurry about, but he certainly isn't more pleased with us. Mm. And so sometimes you can be kind of sucked into this idea of just like activity equals progress Mm, when activity equals like kind of medicating your pain. Yeah, true. (laughs) I know when I get like, uh, like nervous about something, I medicate that by just activity. I'm mm-hmm. like a whirling dervish of yes. activity, anything to make me not think about the more painful things in my mm-hmm. life. And so if there's you, just get authentic enough, get real with that, to say, hey, this is going to slow down the cadence. You don't need to do yoga and burn incense and zen out. But what I would do is just like find a chair. It used to be Starbucks, but they're closed. Put one in your backyard. Do you know Walt Disney had a, a dreaming tree? It was no, a cottonwood. I want one of those. <laughs> he awesome. and his sister, Ruth, you are 
like five bucks away from getting a cottonwood tree <laughs> and, and plant it in your backyard, mm. even if it's only six inches tall. Say, this is our dreaming tree. Do it with your family. Mm. Sit by that tree and say, what are we dreaming about? That's what Walt and his sister Ruth did for years. Mm. And uh, I'm telling you to be inspired by these things. Instead of saying, I'm going to build a dam and give fresh water to millions of people. What if you go to Home Depot, get a faucet for three bucks and give fresh water to two people. Hmm. So find something incrementally and then double it. Get two yeah. faucets next year yeah. or four or eight. Or, but one of the things is it, it bigger isn't better. Just present is better. Hmm. In the South, they say this word, the phrase, be where your feet are. Hmm. And so I would say that's a great way to start to actually be where you are. Because sometimes we're, uh, it looks like we're in bed asleep but we're not asleep. Our eyes are just closed. Mm. What you're actually doing is you're thinking about work. How many times has that happened oh, to yeah. you? Oh, yeah. When you're thinking, what I want you to do tonight when you go to bed, you close your eyes and your mind is spinning. I want you to get out of bed, get fully dressed, like get all your work clothes on and then go back to bed in them. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you won't be confused thing. that you're right. actually at work right now. Mm. You're not resting. Mm. And when you can clear your mind and actually rest, then fine, go put your PJs on. But one of the things I want us to do is to be where our feet are, to actually be aware that we're uh, distracted right now and mm -hmm. figure out what that distraction is and name it. Mm -hmm. To say, this is me. I'm not name it like I'm uptight about this relationship that got weird. Mm -hmm. um, name it to say some relationships take more work. And that doesn't make uh, that person a project. It just means that that's going to take more work. And if we start understanding the things that are going on around us, then we can start getting back to building that rocket ship that was supposed to be your life and it was made up of your dreams and ambitions because you've started to understand the things that distracted you. Mm -hmm. All the things that took you far afield, a fear that you'll run out of money. Like you just say, like, I am working so hard because I'm so afraid mm -hmm. that I'm going to run out of money. I don't think you're going to be sleeping in the back of your Ford Mustang if you stop doing some of these yes. self-destructive yes. behaviors of which you just need to understand. Mm -hmm. I have this idea that money is scarce. And because I grew up in a family where that is, I'm just saying, let's go down the hole, yeah. figure out the well, return address of some of this messaging that's taking you away from what your actual ambitions are. Yeah. And it's, if your mind can see it, it can fix it. But if you can't see it, you ain't fixing it. Mm, that's good. That's so good. Figure out the actual return address where those are coming from, because that's true. It's so true. It's almost, I think, one of the biggest obstacles that that tap, tie us up and hold us back because it's almost something we don't even know where it's coming from. It's almost subconscious sometimes. And uh, oh, so, so good. I have so many do you, uh, do you get Do you get a lot of junk mail at your house? Oh, yes. <laughs> Man, I get it by the foot at my house. And what I do is I just get this uh, foot of mail and I look at the return address and I say, is this from somebody I know? And if it isn't, mm -hmm. I throw it away. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the problems that we all have is that we've been reading the junk mail. Mm -hmm. But these are not messages that are coming from God. Mm -hmm. These are messages coming from an old boyfriend, an old girlfriend, a teacher, uh, somebody whose approval we wanted desperately and didn't get. These are the return addresses mm -hmm. of the reasons that are keeping us away from our ambitions. It'll never work. You're not smart enough. You're not mm -hmm. good looking enough. You can't sing bright enough. You can't whatever. 
So I would just say uncover, pull the veil back on some of these Mm. excuses that you've been using, even in the faith community. I've heard a bunch of people say, God gave me this song, and the song actually sucks. I'm like, (laughs) he did not give you that song. (laughs) I think just get real enough to say, maybe you need some voice lessons, as would I. Uh, And uh, you just need to write better lyrics. Mm. And so to get real enough to do that, but don't, if you've got a song to sing, don't say, I'm not going to sing my song because I think everybody will like reject me. Mm -hmm. I I don't think people will think it's good enough. That return address, that's just junk mail. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But it it would be similarly true to uh, head fake yourself into thinking that you got a divine commission to whatever Mm -hmm. when you actually did that might've been pepperoni pizza, (laughs) but just figure out where that came from. And, and because faith is a big deal for me, I just go back to the stuff Jesus said was super important. It was Matthew 25. He said, hungry people, thirsty people, sick people, strange people, naked people, and people in jail. Did you know I teach Mm -hmm. a class at San Quentin? No, I teach a class there. I've got about, uh, well, hundreds of felons in my class. Mm. We uh, were going around this uh, the the room. We had a we break into small groups, and the guys in my little circle. I bet there was twelve of us. Uh, I was said like, well, you know, what's something you need to get off your chest? And mm. they've done some wrong. We, we went through. We did excluding me the average amount of a sentence that are still yet to be served mm-hmm. 107 years. Wow. <laughs> so they had had some setbacks and mm-hmm. done some damage. Um, but I said, what's something you need to get off your chest? Kind of like, you know, in the, in the field, uh, there's, uh, you know, barbells, they mm-hmm. push around. If I, if I was pushing barbells around, that's what I would need to get off my chest. Yeah, right. <laughs> it would be the bar. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but there was a guy, we came after each guy had gone. He said, I, I got something I need to get off my chest. I've been in here for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And for 15 years, I've been telling everybody I didn't do it. I got framed and he paused and took a big breath and he said, I did it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just needed to get real with mm-hmm. some of the things he needed to get authentic with a setback in his life that cost him uh, society. He mm-hmm. will never intersect society again uh, in the context he had before. And uh, he just needed to get that off your chest. And so I would ask, well, one of the things that might be getting in the way of your dream is that you've got the the real you, what's really going on and, and has gone on, and then the you that you're presenting to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I just want to match those socks. Can we get those two together in one sock ball, get mm-hmm. real with it, and to just get that off your chest, mm-hmm. find somebody who's safe not somebody who's going to try to fix you right. and just get a couple things off your chest. Yeah. Uh, a great verse in Philippians talks about making your requests known to God. Mm-hmm. And it, this is a God that tells us that they like, he knows our prayers before we pray him. I think the idea is that we need to make these requests known to ourselves. Yeah. We need to just get real, get some stuff off our chest. And the crazy part that'll happen is these dreams and ambitions you've had, you'll be able to get after them because yeah. you'll be, uh, not wrapped around the axle trying to figure out how was I supposed to act and how many am mm. acting and all the different like challenges and conflicts built into our life. Mm. And you can actually get back to your ambitions. Mm, that's good. You know, I was just writing this morning. I'm working on a manuscript and I was writing about an experience that I had after going through a pretty personal difficulty this past year, um, a difficult experience that really set me back, you know, and it made me question a lot of things and 
like you just said, kind of presenting one person to the world, but being in conflict with where you're really at. And I remember I was having what I would kind of call like an identity crisis. And um, I was talking with a friend. She had come by for just dinner and wine and we sat around and had a great conversation. And it was shortly after this experience and I was kind of trying to you know, quote unquote, put my life back together, whatever that means. And at one point in that conversation, I told her, she said, well, how are you really doing? You know, kind of challenging me to get real there. And I looked at her and I said, you know, I don't know. (laughs) And I said, it's up and down, but I have two questions that I'm wrestling with a lot. And she said, okay, what's that? And the first one was, do I still count? Because this experience was something that made me question, do I still count as a mom? How do people view me now? What does, what does this mean? You know, things like that. Um, and then the second question was, why me? Why did this have to happen to me? Kind of almost oh, like, interesting. Yeah. you know, and, and she looked at me and she first affirmed, you know, the whole, do I still count thing? I think all of us have asked in one way or another, if I, self-published a book and 12 people bought it. Do I still count as an author? You know, or whatever that is based off of how we're viewed and perceived. Um, And then the other part of it being, why me? Like, why is this happening to me? And almost feeling kind of like a victim or like life isn't fair. But I think where the disconnect came is I felt shame for asking those questions because I felt like I was supposed to be strong and confident and, you know, put together and an example and a leader, right? And so when you have any kind of position of influence, whether that's in your community or in your workplace or in your home or online or all of the above, sometimes being a leader is challenging in that we believe the lie. We have to live up to this image of what we think others expect us to be right strong confident put together capable able to overcome when in reality sometimes we find ourselves in these really messy moments of identity crisis and even feeling like life isn't fair and I don't know and and I guess it's not but I need to tackle that and just just address the fact that I'm wrestling with that rather than pretend it's not an issue you know and so she challenged me and she said I I agree and I wish this wasn't happening to you and, and it's not fair she said but I want to challenge you to think why not you and, and I was like kind of taken aback by that at first. And she said, well, I say that because, you know, as much as this has been so hard and difficult, there's so much good that I believe y- that will come out of it down the road. And with your ability to communicate and articulate experiences and feelings, you're going to help bring understanding and empathy to so many people that maybe there's a calling and a, and a purpose in this that is deeper rooted than you can see right now. And so I guess my challenge would be this could happen to anybody so why not you? Like, why not you? And why would God not use you? Even though right now it feels like you are very disconnected from what you think people expect you to be versus who you really are, what you really are feeling right now. And that really, I think, just struck me personally. So I just had to share that because I think that's just oh, another yeah. example of how that can sometimes happen, you know, but I think a true leader has to get real with themselves, like you said, and identify, no, this is really the question or the thing that's on my chest that's holding me back from getting up and moving forward. Yeah, maybe writing these things down. For Mm -hmm. some people, if you trust it to your memory, it's like your memory will be like a bad dog. It like runs across the field. You Mm -hmm. whistle, it'll never come back. Yeah. So write it down. I don't mean on a gum wrapper. Uh, Send yourself an email, find a Word document you can open. So have to say, these are my dreams and ambitions. Mm. Um, you could say, these are my ambitions for the next, This as we close out 2020. Mm. This is how, you know, I want 2020 to be remembered for. Mm. Um, I, and not about uh, all the sparkle and all the glitter, but to say, um, because I launched this, I matched the socks. I, I took the first step. Mm. It took 10 seconds of insane courage. 
but I did it. I made the call. I said, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. whatever. So you could start with a small one, easily attainable and you get the groove and then go for a little bit bigger one. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't need to buy a horse ranch, but you could say, what are you going to do is get a puppy. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I wanted to have one. I can do, but then beyond the puppy, I would say that's going to keep you busy at the house. But say, is there something I can do that will be a little bit in the legacy thing? Is there something I could do for my neighbor? Is there Mm. something I could do for somebody who's hungry or thirsty or sick or strange or naked or in Mm. jail? Is there something to do? Because Jesus is saying, these are the only things he wants to talk about. We're not going to talk about, uh, you know, where honey comes from (laughs) and all that we're going to actually talk about. I was hungry. Did you feed me? The big Mm. surprise in that chapter is he go like, Oh, I didn't know that was you. Yeah. Like you were the hungry guy. <laughs> You're <laughs> right. like a thirsty guy. Hmm. And, you know, it's hard to know when somebody's hungry, but you'll always know if they're naked. Yeah, but that's if true. we could <laughs> just have our eyes awakened hmm. uh, to these ambitions that we have. And then when an opportunity comes to like, here's my 10 seconds, I'm hmm. just going to go for it. Hmm. Um, and God never compares what he creates. And so hmm. as a final thought, just like, uh, keep your eyes on your own paper, tend mm. to your own fire, just to say, it doesn't matter. You're not comparing your ambition with somebody else's, mm. your moves against somebody else's. Just make your next courageous move. Mm. That's so good. Bob, thank you so much for your wisdom and for everything that you've shared. This has been so encouraging to me personally, but and, and also very aligned with so much of what I feel so strongly about sharing. And I'm thankful for the stories that you've shared and just the, the knowledge bombs that you've dropped on us. How can everyone find the book and... Um, just follow along with everything that you are doing and creating and putting into the world. Yeah, I think there's a website called the dream big um, but you could check out on Amazon. If you look under Bob Goff, it'll a bunch of different books will pop up. And this is the one that's coming out third week of June. And um, I'm just really uh, hoping that your listeners find whether they end up with the book or not, they can just move forward with their ambitions to mm. say, what's my next courageous step. Mm, so good. Bob, thank you. It's been so fun chatting with you. Thanks a million. Likewise. Absolutely. Have a good one. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. 
If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.